state of us tuned in and stay with us as we discuss all these crazy things hope you enjoy all of what we bring state of us tuned in and stay with us birthday party this past weekend in San Diego and took today off which is much easier I'm glad I did so hopefully I'll have energy for the rest of the week how was your day it's a Monday y'all a Monday for real <laughs> but it hasn't been that bad so I'm grateful just to be off of work <laughs> all right I totally get that and work is a time I'm trying to get better at setting work-life boundaries um I like what time is for work and what time is for me feel like uh, talking to some people this weekend like I feel like my life has become work and I don't want it to become like that or be like stay like that mm-hmm. at all but <sighs> I think the weekend my weekend was really bad it was nice to like be someplace else this is my first time in California I've never really I thought you've been to Cali before mm-hmm. I've never been to California um it was nice um we had a good time ate out hung out all that stuff like hung out the trees and everything um, I wish my time was longer because it definitely was fun. But, you know, like, back to reality, I'll be in New Orleans next month. I think I'm taking a bit more time off for that. So. Well, how would you feel about the driving in Cali? Because I hated it. I didn't drive. Um, some of her friends are close by, so we just took their cars. Um, so it it was fine. I very San Diego, so I think, like, the vibes in the cities are different. I know mm-hmm. LA and San Francisco are different, um, but it wasn't horrible at all. Y'all, no offense to, to people in California that's listening. The, the driving was not for me. I'm sorry. The driving was, the driving was making me kind of nervous. <laughs> but I'm glad you had a good time while you were down there. Yeah. What did you do this weekend? Um, I went picture frame shopping. That's become my life now, y'all. <laughs> I've, um, what else did I do? Um, y'all, I went blank. It's y'all, it, bear, bear with me. But I also just went out to eat and just kind of relax and whatnot. So it was a pretty, really good week, weekend that I had. Yeah. So we're always the best, not doing much of anything. Yes. Um, but then, like, Monday rolls around and you're like trying to do everything um, after work or during work. Um, but I don't know, do you have a question this week? I do. And this is going to pertain to what we're talking about today. But if you have the opportunity to write a book that became a bestseller, what would it be about? I have no clue. What I even write about? Okay. <laughs> like I need to think. Okay. I since I I've, I've mentioned that on the last podcast, but I really do enjoy just learning about other people and how they've gone through this thing called life. So I definitely would probably just write about other people's experiences like in, when I was in college I actually did want to write a book <laughs> um titled a story from stories which is just uh is it compilation that the word compilation. yes just a, a women just telling their lives like that that was something I was really focused on then and something I'm still focused on now so it's cool to see that that perspective really has not changed <laughs> yeah. but that's probably what I write about 
about a topic I'm really into. I don't know, though. I mean, if I was to write something fictitious, it would probably be centered around black women, but I just don't know. Like, I've started fictitious short novels and just not finished them. Um, but that's something I thought about, too, is, like, writing, picking up writing again. Um, but, I don't know, I think it would be a fictitious, like, a fictitious coming-of-age story would probably be something I write. That sounds but, very interesting. Indeed it is. Yeah. <laughs> um, but, but it would probably be focused on, like, different... Mm-hmm. areas of um I don't know like I feel like all the com- a lot of coming of age stories would f- focus on white women which is totally mm-hmm. like white girls which is totally understandable but I would love to have some that are more like women of color focused which they are mm-hmm. having more of those for um girls of color but I don't know I feel like there's something important about having the stories told in a different packaging mm-hmm. but that's probably what I would write well uh, I'm looking forward to it if you do get to it <laughs> we will see <laughs> but um <laughs> for pop culture a lot has happened yeah <laughs> I know a lot of people were very upset that Angela Bassett did not win for the Oscars for best supporting I felt like she should have won or Stephanie the girl who was in everything okay. everywhere all at once mm-hmm. uh like, people are like, I love Jamie Lee Curtis, but they're like, it feels like a, because we've ignored her, that was finally her time, mm-hmm. which is not, I was, like, I'd be happy to win, but then I'd be like, wait, like, when I think about my role, I'm like, what's that the role I should have won for? Yeah. Um, when I have better roles, completely, mm-hmm. to be honest. You know, it's upset with somebody that you love, like, really admire, does not win, um, mm-hmm. but people are talking about how, like, the Oscars typically don't care about. That's not new, though. Um, care about what you call movies. Like superhero movies. So. I feel like it's not. There's nothing new though. When in terms of you know when it comes to certain people winning awards, we we've had these conversations over and over again. I think one year it was boycotted. Mm-hmm. So, I mean, I, I don't hate y'all, but I I didn't see either either one of the movies. I didn't see the the, the Wakanda Forever movie, and I didn't see the the everything everyone was called everything everywhere all what Alana said. But I was so happy to see like great Asian representation of people mm-hmm. winning, um, which is uh, like we talked about like Asian representation is something that's really needed. Um, but I was happy to see that. But I think people were just like a lot of people. A lot of people were like, if it wasn't Angela, it should have been Stephanie. Like yeah. it, it, it was, it it was very clearly those two. Wasn't Jamie. Been, yeah, it just was not Jamie. Mm-hmm. For that role. Yeah, and I, I like her stuff. Right. I know, I've seen her in a lot of movies. I think she's a great actress, but... For that role? Mm-hmm. No. But I think at the same time, we can't be mad at people who win because they don't have control over that. No, absolutely not. And I think that's the point. If people are making it, it's like, it's the Academy. It's mm-hmm. literally the people that vote. And I wonder how that feels. Like, when you know, like, somebody should, somebody else should have won that award, but you're not going to turn down that award either. Right. So it's just kind of like when you're accepting the award, it's like, oh, well, thank you. Right. <laughs> and I think there's something to be said about, like, Angela did eventually clap, but mm-hmm. there's something to be said. I'll say this. I'll shut up. Y'all have smoke for a woman of color. Angela didn't open her eyes. She didn't get up. She didn't throw anything. She didn't storm off. But you can see on her face that she was surprised mm-hmm. by that. As well as one of the women, I forget her name, she literally said, what the F, before she started clapping. Because, but it's just like, you don't allow women, but specifically women of color, 
to feel their feelings. Because if it were a man, y'all do this with men, white men, football players, storm off the field after losing the finals game or after losing the championship or whatever it is. You're like, oh, he was passionate, he was upset. But if it were a black man, y'all have a problem. Mm -hmm. And it's unsportsmanship, being um, not showing sportsmanship. But it's the same thing when it's women of color, too. And I was just like, she did none of that. She just sat there. And then she eventually did clap. But she didn't. Like, yeah, like what do you expect? Like, like she, she's, she has never won an Oscar, yeah. despite so many great performances. Like, Jamie just won her Oscar. Mm-hmm. And I don't think her anger was at Jamie no. at all. It's at the institution mm-hmm. and her frustration. And it's just like. <clears throat> like, she's, of course, she's not going to say. I'm glad she wasn't being fake about it. Right. Because they were like, oh, she's being fake. It's just, it's just one thing I can know that if we do this, 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 and it's just kind of like. Can we just allow people to feel how they feel, essentially? Right. And it's just interesting to see who has won stuff mm-hmm. and who has done phenomenal work. Um, that's all I'm going to say. Um, but yeah, that was that was interesting to see last night. Um, before I went to bed, I was like, oh, I did not expect Jimmy to win <laughs> that one. I don't even watch the Oscars, and I'm not, I'm not a movie person, meaning that I don't really watch a lot of movies unless I really have a desire to, to want see to something. see. Yes, but at the same time, I'm not gonna lie; like there are a lot of options, and I'm just like, oh, because Tierra and I were talking about it too, because she watched that movie as well, mm-hmm. and she said Jamie's role was literally 20 minutes as a receptionist. Yeah, she was like, a, yeah, receptionist, and it was just so weird because I'm like, you have Stephanie, who is a main character in this movie, mm-hmm. playing the the daughter who. Everything happens because of her. Mm-hmm. And then you have Angela, <laughs> who was a queen mother who has lost her son, her mm-hmm. husband, and thought she lost her daughter, who gave a beautiful performance. Mm-hmm. I'm just like... There were some better options. <laughs> there were. And then, like, there were just better options. And I was just like... It's just interesting to see people, like, police her reaction. And, like, because they said... <clears throat> Angela did mention... I didn't watch the entire thing, but, like, the clip that keeps surfacing is the initial clip when they announced it. Oh, face. I saw but Jane, But, like, Angela did eventually <laughs> clock. But it's just like, she's allowed to feel that. She didn't do anything wrong. wrong. She didn't do anything mm-hmm. wrong. If that were a white man on a sports team, y'all would sit. Y'all would use that all the way down. You would. All the way down. But I digress. I think another thing that's pop culture related is Kanye West is what has been found. And it's with some white woman. Yeah. And I'm just like, oh my god. He just... Pray for Kanye, like, because I just don't think this man gets it. I think sometimes when it comes to people who are just so far left or so far right, you just have to accept the person as that's just where they are. That's just where they're at. Yeah. And you can't do anything to change a person. That person has to want to change themselves, essentially. Yeah. So all you got to do, you sometimes you got to love from afar and just accept the fact that, look, it, it is what it is, essentially. Like, Yeah. It is what it is. I just think he's... Yeah, I think it's just really interesting. I think something else that's really interesting is like all the girls, like the Instagram models, like the girls who came up when we were younger, like Black China, all of they're all getting like their BBLs, um, silicone implants, all that stuff taken out of their bodies. So, like, there's a change back to being smaller. <clears throat> and it's just like, Dory, I've had this conversation before, and I was just like, every it just seems like every decade it, flip. it flips and flops. So, like, the best thing you can do is just take care of your body. Just taking care of your body. Yeah, like I'm not saying anything wrong if we want to do cosmetic surgery. I know we're not talking about this today, but just to 
throw a little comment with that. <clears throat> Love yourself for who you are. If you're doing things for the validation of other people, we have to understand that people and feelings are very fickle. Mm-hmm. And my thing is, with everybody looking the same, you're really no different than the other person that they mess with anyway. So it's like you spend all this money, all this time trying to get this person accepted just for them to throw you to the side. Just love yourself for who right. you are. That person that's been for you is going to love you for who you are, not force you to feel like you have to get something done or you are less than whoever they want, essentially. So but regardless of if we're on the trend of getting BBLs, we're on the trend of not, do things for you. Yeah, do things for you. And it's just, it's just interesting seeing like how these, it used to just be magazines and people, I don't know to say that, people who have a claim because of a talent mm-hmm. being the ones who set the trends now it's just anybody who has access to a phone mm-hmm. which is fine but at the same time I'm like it's just more it's a plethora mm-hmm. it's a multitude more and it's I feel like it's so dangerous for like women especially young girls because mm-hmm. um, we didn't when we first got phones it was like around what middle school so if, like technology and social media wasn't as popular as it is yeah now, and so. it was more popular among like college students than it was mm-hmm. like teenagers and middle schoolers and like that began to change when we like graduated high school and I'm just like if I had a 12 year old they would not have an Instagram <laughs> or a TikTok like no sorry you no it's, it's okay I had the same conversation yesterday like I was literally thinking about if I had a kid right now we just you're, you don't it's not it's not needed like I, I'm, I, people give their phones like kids their phones at like five six. I probably would not. I didn't get my phone first phone until I was like seven, eighth grade. So I think I would kind of follow the same steps, but with, with more restrictions on the phone mm-hmm. because there's just certain things that you know you're you're twelve or thirteen, be a kid, right? You don't even focus on somebody having a BBL, right? Like, but you like it's not even focus on that. It's like just coming across that information. No. Shade room teens should not exist. Oh, I, at all. I unfollow Shade Room. Oh, right? Shade Room is blocked, personally, for me. But, like, uh, stuff like that should not exist. Yeah. Like, that should not be allowed. Why are we putting our focus and attention on mess? And just things that are not relevant for somebody's natural development, essentially. Yeah, at all. Like, there's no reason for that. But I think whenever I have, a, have to have a conversation about, like, social media blogs and its mm-hmm. detriment to people. Um, yes. But... And I think it is very interesting. I also think some of the politics and stuff that's going on right now, and specifically in the South, mm-hmm. is very interesting with, like, banning African-American history or banning... There's just a lot that is going on. Um, impacting education and people's rights. Um, it just feels like we're going backwards when we were going forward, like, yeah. even six years ago. Um, that's one of the conversations all these bills that are passing. That mm-hmm. Don't even get me started on that. <laughs> and it's just like it slowly starts start taking away people's rights and they think mm-hmm. it's fine I'm like it's not yeah I if like you don't want to engage in something don't engage in it it's that simple it's that simple if it doesn't pertain to you or your life keep it moving and it's not harming people mm-hmm. especially the most innocent like it's not directly harming them my thing is this I personally would not bring my child to a drag show mm-hmm. however that does not mean adults should be banned from going to drag shows yeah. Like, that's not a place I personally live with my child. I don't think it's an environment. Just like I live with my child in a strip club. Yeah. Like, it's just that exactly. thing. <laughs> and it's just like... People just want to police other people. If you're going to police other people, police everybody. Yeah. My thing is, if you're going to do that, shut down strip clubs. Shut down all these other entertainments. Like, 
<laughs> but uh, okay, no comment. That's inappropriate. I'm not even gonna say that. It's just I feel like it's interesting to have people have all this smoke about protecting children, but Worthy have no spoke about their religious institutions and pastors that hide people or protect people who've harmed children mm-hmm. or harm women. Like you have no smoke for that. Mm-hmm. But you know, ten parents in California decided to bring their child to a drag show is what you have smoke for. But there's something going on right now in your hometown. That's yes. been covered up for decades, and you have oh, you don't know the full story. And that's why you're not kids, if you really children. care about these kids, you already put these gun laws in effect. There would be more protection for children. Like a parent shouldn't have to go buy a bullet vest for their child to wear to school and praying that they're going to get home. Like it, I'm gonna go ahead and say what I'm gonna say. Like I, mean, I don't know if I'm gonna bleep this out or not. <laughs> but in terms of going back to just like the bills in regards to the the queer community. A lot of these people putting these bills in effect for the same people that are asking for these services from queer people. Sorry, what's my timer? My Lauren's me. So my thing is, if we gonna if we're gonna air out everybody's business, let's just go ahead and let's just go ahead and talk about it. My thing is, if you're gonna ban something, then people who are in those spaces, I think, should just start declining services. But I'm gonna get. I'm, I'm gonna say I don't know if I'm gonna keep this in or not. But if I do, that's just my opinion. So, um, <laughs> y'all, I really, when I said I was not sugarcoating this year, I, I really meant that. So, I'm not trying to make comments that are essentially controversial, <laughs> but at the same time, it's just kind of like, it's just renewing a tick for a tag. Let me go ahead and just, and I'm not saying that everybody has to agree with anything. I'm not saying that at all. But my thing is, once again, there are a lot of other things that we could be putting our focus on rather than what somebody is doing, essentially. I agree. <laughs> Sorry, y'all. <laughs> I'm making my dinner, so you're going to probably hear like stuff going on in the background. And that's okay. We have real lives. Like, yes. You're just going to be making my chicken and rice in the background. But um, I agree. I think people are focused on the wrong things. I will say this and we can move on to like our main topic. Just because you hold a certain religious set of beliefs does not mean that we live in a society where those apply to everyone. Mm-hmm. And we are a democratic republic. A democratic republic. <laughs> a democratic republic. And not only above that, all else, we are a nation that was founded on the principle of religious freedom of like, you know, mm-hmm. religious freedom. That means freedom from religion too. So people are allowed to live their lives how they see fit, what actually is who they are, a reflection of that. If you want a country, and I'm just going to be honest from a Christian perspective, if you want a country that is built on Christian principles, you need to go make one. <laughs> oh. You need to go make one. Like, that is not what the United States of America was founded on at all whatsoever. Y'all have a twisted view of American history. You guys have a biblical interpretation that is not correct of American history in its founding at all. It is historically inaccurate. And you guys are impacting people in a way that the founding fathers would probably, they may not agree with everything, let's be honest. Yeah. That would, they, they 600, these men are not 600 years old. They're like, <laughs> they have been dead for hundreds of years yeah. at this point. However, the stuff somebody else found, they'd be like, oh, no. That's, mm-hmm. that's, not, what that's not what we founded this country on. Mm-hmm. At all. 
Okay, and what they're trying to do with mm-hmm. gay marriage is that they're just basically trying to make it, take it up to the Supreme Court, have a Supreme Court because it's in their favor now, and rule against it and saying it's up to the states and the states start to repeal it. That's basically what they're trying to do. Okay, maybe this would be a, a whole separate podcast. But I'm going to say within that clause is also interracial relationships. Yes. And with this trend of let's just be honest, as we all see it. I'm black not men be- being with predominantly white, non-black women. And vice versa, mm-hmm. how white men are more with black women. How I was very curious on how more from, more from the perspective of a white man and a black woman, how that's going to look when knowing your marriage is in jeopardy. Because let's just be honest, this the control. only people are starting to care because it may in fact impact their, their interracial yes. relationships when they should have cared mm-hmm. from the beginning because it's a human being. Yes. I just it's upsetting to me, uh, and it's just not fair. It, it's not not fair. Like people are like, oh, life's not fair. It's just mm-hmm. fundamentally. They're like, oh, a religious institution determines marriage. I'm like, not everyone's religious. You go to your religious institution to get married, and then you go to the United States government to file paperwork to establish your marriage so that if your spouse dies, stuff goes to your kids. There's a train and an order and a process for how things are divvied up when you pass because based on the legal marriage license. God has a verse in the Bible that says to follow the rules of the land. Those are the rules of the United States. So no matter religious or irreligious, you have to have file a marriage license in the United States of America. Period. So your religious definition of marriage is not the same thing as Mm -hmm. the government's definition of marriage. But that does not mean because you were straight that your marriage is not valid. Mm -hmm. Like it it makes zero sense to me. The mental gymnastics. (laughs) We are not we are a nation made of predominantly Christians, but we are not built in a way that it allows us to discriminate against others. And it, even though it's something is legal, does not make it moral. Yeah. Slavery was legal, it was not moral, it was overturned. Interrelational relationships, the bans on those, were legal, was not moral, overturned. Gay marriage, the ban on that across states was not considered legal to the Supreme Court, overturned, legalized. <laughs> Discrimination and segregation, overturned. You get where I'm going with this? <laughs> yeah, this is- you can get where I'm going. Just because something is legal or right in a group of people's eyes does not make it morally correct. Ooh, this could be a whole conversation, y'all, itself. It just baffles me hearing black people be like, because I was one of those black people too, but I had to like take a step back and like, is that correct? Like, is that the correct opinion you should hold? But like, how do you have, are okay with discriminating against a group of people because that's not what God likes? When white people hold that exact same mm-hmm. position on our ancestors and didn't even consider us human because mm-hmm. we didn't have the capacity to think properly. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I, and you would think black people would be the number one supporters of LGBTQ plus people. But, you yeah, would think that, but no. <laughs> There's certain people, but as a collective, it's a big percentage, a high percentage of people who are not okay. And once again, I'm not saying that you have to be you're gonna agree with everything that somebody does because you're not like every. That's why everybody has their own mind to think for themselves, essentially. But at the same time, it's like supporting something does not mean you essentially. My thing is at least respect the person. My thing, you don't think you don't have to agree with everything. But my thing is when it comes. But you don't to, need to agree with people's life decisions unless they're detrimental to themselves or others. Look, <laughs> you already you already know. I just, I find it so interesting. And it's just like, why do you care that that woman is, that woman is married to another woman? What does that have to do with you in your day-to-day life? 
what does that have to do with you in your day-to-day life? The Taking care of your family, feeding your family, saving money. Like, what does that have to do with you in your day-to-day life? I think a lot of Nothing. people think that, oh, it's going to affect my children if I'm around X, Y, and Z. It's like, no. But you still take your children <laughs> to the family reunion where there's a child molester? Okay. <laughs> like, like, be so for real. I need us to be so for real right now. Mm-hmm. Be so for real. People in the South, white and black alike, are more okay collectively, not everyone, but collectively are more okay with child predators, molesters, and rapists still being in positions of power or at family events than they are with their gay cousin. Mm-hmm. That, that's the truth. In my and opinion. that is so backwards to me. It is. Because your gay cousin is engaging in a consensual relationship with mm-hmm. somebody, hopefully of their same age. Please. In the same age range. Mm-hmm. It, it, it makes zero sense to me. But again, that's because of patriarchy and <clears throat> viewing women as commodities. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and products and Ooh. things to be exchanged. And uh, it's just, it's a lot. Nothing's really changed, essentially. It's just been done in a different way. Right. Let's just be honest about that, too. But it, it's, it's just very interesting on how people think the way that they think and how they came to that conclusion. And I think, once again, a lot of people, the, the biggest problem is that a lot of people don't do the research for themselves, essentially. I think once people actually start doing the research for themselves and actually start thinking for themselves and outside just a societal standpoint or, like, mm-hmm. how you grew up standpoint, I think a lot of things will change, essentially. Yeah. But. Uh, yeah. <laughs> we can have a whole conversation about that, but we'll digress. But let us know what you guys think. Um, <laughs> Please. I think we're open to having like a call-in submission system um but if there's ever anything you guys have a thought on please let us know but i guess we can jump into our main topic today lauren brought this idea up of like us talking about some of the books we read in the last few months or are currently reading um and just i think they're a good reflection of like where both of us are um in our personal lives but i don't know if you want to start i will start so before i show y'all my books. I got both of these actually when we went to Seattle from Elliott Bay, that was called? Yeah, Elliott Bay Book Company. Yes, I would recommend to go there, especially if you like to read, if you're trying to get back into reading, or if you're just curious. Like, I feel it's like there's- It's a great bookstore. Yes. It's two levels. They have a very nice coffee shop, a lot of sitting space. It's a beautiful bookstore. It is, and there's so many different varieties of like different genres, different subjects. I think for everybody, they had like finances, they had psychology, you know, black people, white people, whatever, whatever genre, whatever you're looking for it to read, essentially, is there. But the first book that I am going to talk about is a book that I've been wanting y'all for the longest before we went to Seattle. And it's basically called Queer Love and Color by Jamal Jordan. And as I told y'all before, I'm just somebody who loves just learning about other people, where they came from their life experiences and whatnot. <clears throat> so basically it's just a book where he literally interviewed different couples from different parts of the United States, I believe. I don't think he no, I think back different parts of the world. And just their their love story and how they met or just where they are in their experience and whatnot. So if you're if you're into reading like autobiographies or just stories of other people, then I really would recommend to get this book. And it's really cute, y'all, and it has pictures for people who like pictures. It's not just words. Um, and then the other book I got was, it's called The the Sex Lives of African Women, which I know the title is pretty self-explanatory, 
But beyond just the title, I think once again, it's just really cool just to hear about women's perspectives and just giving a safe space for people to really talk about their experiences. So I think that's something that was just really important to me. Just once again, allowing people to be vulnerable and actually just speak with how they've gone through things. And this book is kind of, I will say it's a lot of trigger warnings in this book when it comes to like, you know, sexual abuse and whatnot. But it, it really is a good book that I would recommend if you are just wanting to read more about just experiences or just just curious and whatnot. So, and I'm sorry, I did not get the title. <laughs> I, I really hope I don't butcher her name, but I believe her name is Nana. Her last name, is, I think it's Sikamaya, if I said that correctly. So, but yeah, those are the books I got. So, Alana, whenever you want to... Yeah. Um, I've been, I ordered these books a few months ago, um, I've been, like, slowly going through them, uh, but the first one is Jambalaya by Louisa Tash, um, all these books are basically about African traditional religions and, like, the understanding of faith from that perspective, um, but this one's pretty good, um, it was written, I think, in the 90s, but it's been republished since, um, but she's originally from New Orleans, um, but she is a priestess of Oshun, um, in like the uh, Yoruba tradition or the Kumi tradition. But all these books were like relate back again to African traditional religions because I've been like, or diasporic religions because I've been sort of exploring exactly what my religious faith is and trying to figure out what that is for myself. Um, and I think I realized a part of that, a large part of that is like having something that is practiced by people that look like me. Like that was originally practiced by people that look like me. Um, or close to that. Um, but that's there. I also got this book, Funding Soul on the Path to the, Path to the Orisha by Tobey Malora Corral. Um, she is a priestess of Yemaya and the Lukumi tradition as well. Um, I've read both Jambalaya and Finding Soul on the Path to, to Orisha thoroughly. I have referenced these books several times in the last few months um, for just like personal meditation and things of that nature, but they're both extremely good. Um, this, I would not say follow this girl she's been i don't know if you follow if anybody follows her but <coughs> santana santana harris is her name but she's a puerto rican um she's puerto rican african-american but she's a chef she's been on like food network office stuff but she's also a priestess of humanity and she's like re referenced this book as well on her like social media pages but it's a really good introduction to like the practice of that uh, books this is so i've been reading this so slowly but mojo working by katrina hazard donald she is a professor of african-american history but this is really focused on hoodoo in terms of like the african-american religious tradition in uh, the united states specifically the south it is really it is compared to the other books it's definitely more um not analytical is not the word it's more not literature, what is the word? Academic, thank you. It's definitely more academic. It is dense. I take it like seven pages at a time, eight pages at a time. It's going to take me a while to get through this book because there's just so much stuff. But really interesting to learn that, you know, I think a lot of black people are like, oh, black people have always been Christians in the United States. I'm taking a class right now and that is not true at all whatsoever. Like, at, like it's just, it's, it's, it's ahistorical. It's just not correct according to historians. Like, there was, we did not in mass become like, Traditions and sh Christians and shedding like our traditional religions or aspects of the diaspora traditional religions probably until like the 1860s, 1870s. So, like, during that whole entire time of enslavement, for many people, like, it was a iteration of a traditional religion from like West Africa or Central Africa. But this one's about African American hoodoo and just basically breaking down 
some of the stereotypes, breaking down the structures of it, understanding that there are regional differences, like there are big regions, like from Louisiana to Mississippi, you have the Carolinas and Georgia, and then you have um, Virginia and all that area, those areas. But really interesting, definitely say it's the one to take slow. And this one I have not started, um, but it's one I'm excited to start in the next few months. Um, it's African Cosmology of the Bantu Congo, um, but it is by, gosh, I always mess his name up. I'm so sorry. I like, I'm much better with like um, Nigerian or Ghanaian names, um, but I'm not even going to try and butcher this. His last name is F-U-K-I-A-U. Um, he is, I've listened to a talk from him before, but he is a professor. I believe he has passed on since, um, but he did write this book specifically about the um, cosmogram and the pantheon of like um, Congo traditional religions specifically. Let me see if I can find it. The, not the Congo, um, but where is it? Yeah. The Naganga, which is basically like, I don't know if you can see this, also my timer's going off, but basically it's a circle of different points and then in each point you flow into the next phase of life. So it's basically a circle of like regeneration. So like birth, adulthood, childhood, death into the ancestral realm and the repetition of that. But all these books sort of are like, not the same thing. They're very different, but like focus on a very core area, um, which I've been very private about for like the last year or so. Um, but you know, I'm just trying to figure out what works for me. Oh, look very interesting. <laughs> They're all very different. Very, very interesting. So what would you say is like the most important lesson you've learned from one of these books? Mm, that's a good question. I think something that I've been... Y'all. I think something that I've learned out of both of these books that's just important with me is just embracing the journey that you're on, essentially. Mm -hmm. And everybody's story, I think in this, in the the um, the sex lives of African women, I think literally I read over like 100 plus stories just of different women and how they <clears throat> express themselves. I think honestly, just once again, being okay with the journey, no matter how old you are. Like some people were our age in the book, people were 50 and up. So it really just, it really just, kind of show me that okay like you can really just kind of slow down essentially <laughs> like sometimes I'm just on a go 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 and I feel like these last few years I've just been changing so much I really haven't sat in my change right. essentially and just kind of embrace that and I'm about to do another change <laughs> y'all so it's just kind of like just really embracing the the good the bad the <clears throat> indifferent yeah, yeah parts of it so that's something that's I really taken from both the books that's great I think it's like sometimes we put a timeline on ourselves that shouldn't really be there with stuff. Instead of, like you said, embracing just the change in life. That's a good question. I think from the two that I've read so far, like realizing that power is already within you. Like, mm -hmm. there is no. Sometimes I think we feel ourselves as weak um, or we need extra help from external forces or factors at all times and that's just not the case not saying like you know like they're not saying there is not a god or whatever it, it's just like understand excuse me understanding that there's a god who has given you what you do need and that you can enact on that you don't always need to i don't know how am i trying to explain this like 
don't know, look at the stars. We don't always need to go and make a sacrifice or go to like a pastor or whatever it is. Like, no, like you have your own personal relationship with God and like that is a directive path that can guide you. You don't always need to go and find the next thing to help you figure out the next phase of your life, you know? Um, but I've also, secondly, I think I've learned that there's so much diversity in what pe black people believe across like the diaspora. Um, but also, I think like the last thing is I've learned that my view of other religions is not correct, if you will, because this is forcing you to be like, oh crap, like we as Christians in America have a tendency to take what pastors say about other religions as truth rather than talking to people who actually practice those religions or talking to priests or imams or whatever it is or these other or rabbis instead of asking them how does your how do you how do, how does your culture how do your scholars interpret this passage how do y'all interpret or interact with god like actually talk to people who practice yeah or if you're going to talk to somebody and i'm only saying this from a christian perspective like christian upbringing Talk to somebody who's actually done their due diligence and understanding that religion. Not just saying they yes. are, but... Not just saying they are, not just saying, oh, this is different than us, or I disagree with this one thing, therefore, like, no. Go to the source. And, like, these books have helped me to really realize. I'm like, I know that a lot of people think that at religions that are in Africa and honestly uh, some parts of Asia are polytheistic religions, and none of these religions are. Mm -hmm. They are monotheistic religious, like, set up. So it's just really made me, force me to think, like, hey, if I'm going to actually learn about something or be interested in it or just being a good friend or co-worker, it wouldn't kill you to listen to the people who actually practice that faith but about I think what they believe. This world is just filled with different people, different cultures, different backgrounds. Why not take the time to really just get to know who that person is, essentially? Exactly. My thing is, if you, especially if this is the person that you are really close with, like a friend, family, whatever, partner, however you want to mm -hmm. call it, like, you're not going to be able to get to really fully understand that person without allowing yourself to learn them and allowing for them to feel comfortable for them to express who they are, essentially. You can't just say, oh, this is the way, and not give that space for them to <clears throat> express things, essentially. And I'm, once again, you don't always have to agree with everything, but you can at least take the time to listen. Right, and like listen for listening and learning sake, not listening to respond, rebuttal, or evangelize. Like literally just listen. I thought that's something I've had to have conversations with people about recently. I'm like, like, this person will remain unnamed as who they are in my life. But so we're talking about Catholics. I'm like, you know, like Catholics are Christians. Like mm -hmm. that was always what I was taught growing up. And they're like, well, they don't, you know, really read the Bible. I'm like, that's a stereotype. Like, that's such a stereotype of Catholics. And I'm like, they read the Bible. I'm like, they're like, well, they worship me. I'm like, no, they don't. They venerate her. Like, I've, like, talked to Catholic people. I've watched Catholic apologists, like, talk about the understanding of that relationship. I'm like, no, they don't. And I'm just like... I think you should have to start asking people, where did you get that, that information from? And I'm like, hey, was it from a practicing Catholic did or you, priest yeah, or whoever it is, whatever religion is? Is it for somebody who actively practices or has received or has gone to seminary, whatever it is, educated in their field, has, you know, sat in whatever it is, where did you actually get that information? Because a lot of stuff... It's a stereotype. We just, we're just taught based on what, how we grew up. And I think it's very interesting how, like, a lot of people, I'm sure whatever religion or practices you partake in, 
they tell you to do the extra step of doing the research. But I, if we're being honest, a lot of people are not going to do the research and, and they know that. <clears throat> but I think if a lot of people would just take the initiative to, <laughs> sorry, y'all <I'm> looking. <laughs> if, they, if they would just take the initiative to um, actually do the research and actually learn from themselves, just be more open-minded. I think a lot of people are really scared to go down the journey of really learning what else is out there beyond what they've been taught. Because once you discover something new or something that's different from what you believe, that is a scary thing to, to process. I understand that, but at the same time, I think I'm just in that space in my life where I'm not going to put a cap on myself. I think for so long I've put a cap and I'm just trying to like slowly take it off again <laughs> so I can actually kind of just allow myself to learn and really just go through the journey of actually seeing how life is essentially beyond what I thought it was. Right. And that's like, sorry, I'll just like flip everything on that one. That's just how life is. It's like, not everyone is going to believe the same things as you and that's okay. Like, but viewing yourself as better than, viewing your religion as better than, viewing your, your the way you see the world because of how you've been brought up is not... It's so limiting. Like, it doesn't mean you have to change your ideas. It doesn't mean you have to change your religion. It doesn't mean you got to extend. You should still be curious. Especially with people you love or are in intimate contact with, like Lauren said. Or you see on a daily basis, like, a yeah, you should. Like, it's not a hard, like, for example, I've heard Jewish people complain about how people will schedule stuff on holy days. And they're out of office. <laughs> and they're like, hey, I'm out of office. Because it's Yom Kippur, it is Hanukkah, it is Rosh Hashanah, I always mispronounce that. So sorry. But that's again like with a Christian focused lens of this country, people will only think about Easter mm-hmm. and be Christmas Eve. Like, like if somebody says, <coughs> hey, you know, I'm Jewish, I can't be out. Or you know they are Jewish and you look at the calendar and see like there's a holiday coming up. Like this is just an example. Be like, hey we need to meet on this. Do you want to meet a day before you're out? Are you going to be out? If so, what days? Yes. Also, don't hound the people when they are out for religious events. <laughs> no comment on that. Do not hound people when they are out for religious events. <laughs> also, stop expecting people to work events on religious holidays. It is a religious holiday. <clears throat> like, no. Isn't that in the, these agreements we signed that we're technically not supposed to be working on, like, religious holidays anyway? Or not religious holidays, but if, is this... If, if it's something to where you really cannot work on that day, then you should be able to be able to not work on that day. I think so. It's just like, I remember one day I had to work Christmas, uh, Easter Sunday um, last year. No, 2021. Mm-hmm. No, 2022. Yeah. Last year I had to work Easter Sunday. And I'm like, this Easter, I'm not working. <laughs> I don't care what event is going on. I'm not working Easter. Like, you will give me... Easter. Go ahead and send that aid. Go ahead and send a little email out now. Like you will give me Easter to spend time with my sister and my cousin and my nephew and my parents and like enjoy fully, you know, going to church, having dinner, hanging out, watching the movie, like chilling on the patio. Like you will give me that full day to enjoy. Matter of fact, I think I may actually take off <laughs> after Easter that following Monday. If I wasn't starting a new position, I would. I'm already taking off a lot of days, even though I'm starting this new position. <laughs> Yes, you should. I felt so bad taking my time off, but I was like, 
They're two days. It's literally me missing work for two days. Like, they should be okay for two days. Yeah, they'll be all right. Everybody's going to be okay. <laughs> like, the world did not start when you, that company that's not when you start working there. It's not going to end when you, you're out of office. Exactly. It's not going to end when you leave. Because you, everyone will probably eventually leave their job. Mm-hmm. I'm surprised. I don't know. Some of my sisters like, I think this is probably my last year before I go to Seattle. I just ready for something different. I'm try- I was trying to be gone, y'all, two years ago. <laughs> <laughs> y'all, I'm trying to get out of the, this, um, this, let me not say that because y'all don't know where I work. <laughs> and I'm not trying to edit this out. This industry. Yeah, yeah. I, I, y'all, I mean, I've really been trying to crawl my way out of this job. <laughs> It's just like, even though I got this new position, which is a position that I've been curious about since I started at this company, I'm still trying to get up out of here. <laughs> like, y'all, every time I feel like I'm close again now, something happened, like the, the bank crashing, job layoffs, it's just like... Right, and it's just like, it makes me nervous sleeping, so I'm like, oh gosh, what would happen if I left? I'm like, yeah. it's just security right now, so I'm like... Oh, there's so many. I think we should have another podcast topic about like money and everything. Um, and oh, jobs for sure. Because I contemplated getting a second job. Um, just something light to make some extra cash um, to go towards like bills or even just savings. I would love to do that, but I don't even have the capacity to do this. Right. Job. I'm like, I would, it would literally just be my weekend. Like, I would end work at like four o'clock on a Friday, go to whatever job, and then work Saturday, and then possibly Sunday for like two or three hours. I'm like, that would just be my entire life would be working. Like a year, but I was like, I want. I don't know. It's just it's tough. Like it's just it tough. tough. Like thinking about the things that your parents have or grandparents have. I'm like we didn't just get there. I'm like, yeah, you did, but you got it much sooner. Mm-hmm. A home, y'all had homes by 24. And just the the value of money is very different, different. from then to now. Yeah. The cost of groceries is expensive. Like I like told myself, I'm like Walmart's fine. Walmart is absolutely fine. Walmart is absolutely fine and go to Sprouts for my produce because, like, I'm not going to go to Whole Foods every week. And I wasn't doing that anyway. But, like, for just special meals, sure. But, like, it's just so expensive out here that I understand why, I don't know, my butt will be inside the rest of spring and summer. Like, at my home, inside, cooking my food because I need to, like, save some money. But I just, I don't know. We're going to have to do a podcast topic on that. Ooh, y'all. For, for real, for real. Because <laughs> it's ridiculous what our parents paid for things and grandparents paid for things compared to what we're paying for now. I'm like, it shouldn't cost $1,600 to lay your head in an apartment. It just irritates me because when I have this conversation with my parents, like, they bring up, oh, well, I, you should be grateful because I was making less. And I'm like, but... That but money we, went farther. Yes. Even though it was, even though you were, might have still been struggling at that time, not trying to to invalidate that but at the same time $30,000 versus $50,000 is is $50,000 is the new 30,000 in this world and like I think that's the thing that people are not getting Mm -hmm. it's like the cost of things has gone up Mm -hmm. but wages have not gone up to match the cost of it I think it's, it's very concerning when you hear people who make eighty plus thousand dollars say, "Oh, I'm living comfortably, but this is not. I'm still struggling." This yeah, I'm still it, like I, I'm picking up a second job. It's just, it's, it's very job. concerning. Yeah, and it's and, just like, and it should be concerning to everyone. Mm-hmm. And it's like it should not cost that much to have a roof over your head, groceries mm-hmm. to save, and I don't know, go on a vacation once or twice a year. Mm-hmm. People, we all deserve that, no matter what type of job you work. Yes. We all deserve that. Even if it's just for a weekend, something. Something. <laughs> like, uh, something I've been telling myself, my PTO doesn't always have to be a trip. It can just be me at home taking care of what I need to take care of and relaxing, hanging out <laughs> my own city. Like, mm-hmm. 
but it doesn't people should afford the basic necessities which covers a variety of things mm-hmm. be able to save a decent amount and be able to afford some things they want every now and again yeah. that should be the standard it, and it, you should also need to include it's not just merit based you need to look at the cost of living in the cities the city in the surrounding areas of where you were headquartered and make sure you can financially <laughs> sustain yourself in that city or that state because if not stay where you're at and build yourself up my friend was trying to me to California I'm like beautiful but where would I work and how much money would I make I said I would have to have two other roommates when I live in California to have, make my money last and stretch yeah when I went to San Francisco like it was literally home selling for half a million or a million to three million dollars ridiculous <laughs> like I, I know good and well I, I could not afford that. Right. It's like the coasts are so expensive. Living mm-hmm. on the coast past Virginia and then like California up to, mm-hmm. you know, Washington and Oregon. Like that's so expensive. It but it's like you see why people move to the South and Midwest. <laughs> it's like you have to pay for peace. <laughs> but it's not even peace in some areas. It's just like you have to pay for a nice view. Yeah. I don't care about the nice view, but just in places since we've been traveling so much these last few years. The places that have felt very just calming are super expensive. Yeah. And I'm like, I I can't afford twenty thousand dollars for a one bedroom or condo. Like that that's just financially not possible for me right now. I'm not saying that'll never be possible. Like I am yeah. there are other venues that I am looking into that I'm starting up, but at the same time I know that's not gonna be done in a year. Yeah. So it's just kinda like <sighs> Yeah, there's a whole conversation. Laura and I have this conversation several times about money, cost of living, and honestly, the privilege of being married mm-hmm. and having a dual income. Uh, because if I have to like work to have what I want, because I just don't guarantee I'll be married at thirty. Like, mm-hmm. then if I have to pick up an extra job, then I have to pick up an extra job because I I want a home. Like I want a home. Um, and have my own place and not have somebody above me or right next to me or below me <laughs> and it's just like I, I home should not be as expensive as they are it should yeah it shouldn't be $300,000 $300, and people are paying 200000 over the asking price so right. it's like I, like y'all are literally robbing people yeah it's like there's no room for me to get a home and I was, what I was going to do is and I'll, I'll put the link in our little bio but I was actually going to schedule an appointment soon with like a housing counselor just to kind of see what my options are. Because, <clears throat> y'all, the credit is not the problem. Yeah, the credit is not the problem for either of us. The credit is not the problem. It's the funds mm-hmm. for that. I'm like, I would either have to do absolutely nothing for a year and just stay in my apartment and go to work. Mm-hmm. Or I could have some, oh, life, no. some, some type of life and get some loan and work an extra job. To have a home by 30 for two years yeah for me it's looking like uh, at this point i might just do like a rent to buy or something but that that's you know that's a gamble <laughs> that's why i say at this point i'm just gonna go ahead and do the little do what i can and work my way up to what i want to do essentially yeah but, so. <laughs> that is life i'm sorry we got off on a tangent but these are the books I think we've, we've both been reading or enjoyed. Um, I don't know if you guys have any other books that you all are really into or have been reading on a certain topic or area of interest, but we just encourage y'all to actually pick up a book. Um, it's just so easy to turn on TV and scroll on social media because it's easy to tune out, but I think sometimes we need to like 
use our brains still, but in a different way um, than what we do for work or taking care of your kids, whatever it is, like literally get into a book. Yes, I mean, I, like for me personally, I like to vicariously live through people. So instead of just doing it through the phone, do it through a book. <laughs> like, that, that's what I've been doing lately, so. But yeah, and I'll put, once again, other links of like a website that I found like if, if you live in a different state but you want a certain book or you're just curious about other books out there it's literally a whole website that has bookstores from alabama all the way i think to like wisconsin or something and it's just little shop stores that once again i feel like there's something there there's something on the website for everybody so yeah especially for those you know long pop shop um bookstores that are not like barnes and noble <laughs> what was the other one the elliot bay no, that's a, like that's a sole proprietorship. What was the other big chain bookstores that closed down like the when we were in middle school or like half book no no half that's, that's is the, a chain. That's... Um, so but like there was another one, there was another bookstore I can't remember now. Um, but yeah, but like Barnes and Nobles, all that stuff. Like I know I order book up books off Amazon, but like I'm gonna try and go to like bookstores a bit more and get books. The only thing is like when you're looking for something really really specific, you have to call ahead. Um, but seriously, get into a book, enjoy it, unplug in a different way than watching TV. Yes, and it just even if you just read ten to even just five to ten pages, pages at night, start somewhere. a few times a week. It starts somewhere. You'll feel so much better. But. Yes, I haven't read in years, and I've actually finished both of these books. This book I finished last year, and this book I finished literally yesterday. So. um just, just get back into it and really just be intentional about it and oh yeah yeah so. well guys um we that's it for us um we will be back in two weeks with another episode um covering another topic I think we know what our topic is gonna be so we don't have to worry about that but so please come back into that episode on finances and living from a like younger perspective that's realistic um mm-hmm. We do not live whenever our parents and parents lived. Sure. I wish. I wish. I <laughs> wish I was born even just eight years earlier. Same. Even just eight years earlier, I wish I was born. Because, yeah, well, you know that. <laughs> um, but please follow us on Instagram at state of us underscore pod. We're going to put um, photos of these books. We may even like share it to our stories, etc. Uh, but just so you can keep up with what we're reading there. Honestly, we may just do like a reading story and just like add to that highlight over time based on what we're reading. But super excited and we'll catch you guys next time. Bye. Stay of us, tune in and stay with us as we discuss all these crazy things. Hope you enjoy all of what we bring. Ooh, stay of us, tune in and stay with us.